College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some good old-fashioned college football. Obviously, we'll start the show with Week 8 recap. Ohio State just shut down the Nittany Lions, making it seven straight over Penn State. Overly conservative offense, but really good defense for both sides. It was a defensive battle. We had some close calls as well, especially Washington in the Sun Devils. That was a really, really close one. Um, Bama was looking like they were going to get upset until the second half started. Uh, UCF hung with Oklahoma all the way down to the wire. And speaking of all the way down to the wire, we had Utah upset USC. We had Miami upset Clemson in overtime. And then we had my Golden Gophers getting it done for the first time in Iowa City for a long, long time. So I was just talking to Marshall saying, hey, you know what? I wish we could just shut down the season right now. You know, just, just shut it down. Don't want to, don't want anything else to do with it. Just shut it down. Both of my squads that I cheer for, uh, you know, stop some streaks. No, but anyway, we are going to get into week nine preview, betting lines, predictions against the spreads, upsets. We have number eight, Oregon and number 13, Utah. Tennessee, a ranked team, going to Kentucky. Another ranked team at Oregon State going on the road to Zona. I think it's on the road. Um, Louisville and Duke. Kind of matters who's going to be starting that quarterback in that one, although Louisville, you know, looking a little shaky. Maybe that'll be a, a tight game. There are some other games that we'll talk about as far as, you know, those those games flying under the radar that may not grab your attention. Uh, Per weekly, we always have the, uh, like I said, the against the spreads, the plus numbers that we're keeping an eye on. But if this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropeadope Radio. You don't have to go to blog talk and, blog talk and Ropeadope and download the show directly there. You can find the College Ball Show under Ropeadope Radio on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Plareth. Then Google Podcasts, you can download the podcast app in a host of other places as well. We are, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com and Sports News 24. And one more thing, with DirecTV Stream, the MLB postseason is here. Sign up and catch every game live on DirecTV Stream. No satellite dish, no cable box required for a limited time. Save $30 when you sign up today. Choose the DirecTV Stream package. That's right for you, starting at $64.99. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall. And if it sounds like I'm a little angry, even though my two squads left, Uber Eats just – well, actually, it's not – well, yeah, it is Uber Eats. It's not the restaurant. Uber Eats just screwed me. Uh, they said they delivered the food. There's no food or anywhere around, but luckily I did get um, a refund, but I am – so hungry right now, so if I if I'm a little moody, you know, I'm sorry sorry about that. But uh, let's go ahead and bring in Marshall. What's going on, Marshall? How you doing, my friend? I I, I got a question for you, Chris. To start off the show, just because I enjoy having a sense of humor sometimes. 
Um, where where were you born, Chris? I was born in Minneapolis, sir. And I was born in St. Paul. So I just wanted to share that because apparently <laughs> one school across the country made Twitter this week when they did a random YouTube trivia game to put on their billboard of their, the Jumbotron. And what do you know, Adolf Hitler popped oh, up. Oh, yeah, trivia. I heard about the <laughs> trivia. I did hear about the trivia. Oh, shit. So There's a lot of different me. trivia questions, you know what I mean, that you could ask. And it wouldn't have anything to do. I'm German. We don't have to bring anything else up past that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I heard about that. I don't know who got hired to do that, but they're not hired any longer when, when my I, I was literally leaving basketball practice and my buddy posted the photo on twitter and it was like who thought that putting hitler where where was hitler born country trivia right I was, what i literally had to i'm like okay that photo looks real that's not anything fake but who in god's name thought that's a good idea <laughs> i didn't know you were born in st paul though yeah, yeah, bo- yeah, born in St. Paul. Yeah, we're we're Twin City brothers uh, through and through, my friend. So, <sighs> but you know, sometimes college football provides humor off the field in, in, in a delightful way. I, I don't think they had any intentions. I think they want literally wanted to play a random YouTube trivia game. But when Adolf Hitler pops up, it's probably not that good. So, <laughs> aside from that, um, we did have a very uh, fun college football weekend. As I said on the show last Monday. I expected this kind of weekend because the weekend prior was a pretty melodramatic weekend. Uh, this weekend, although a lot of teams, as my co-host said, sucked it up, um, a lot of times, hey, if the college football games are close and there's a ranked team playing a team who's not ranked, they're making them sweat, that, that's great television viewing. Um, even though i never really been a huge fan of uh, the coach Dana Holgerson at, uh, Holgerson at Houston, man, they almost sucked off Texas. Uh, you know, Houston had that miracle. It didn't look at that at the start. No. It, it looked like it was going to be a blowout. Yeah, I mean, there's so many games to pick about. This is one of them. I mean, hell, Texas gets up 14-0 to on Houston, and Houston punched back. And that game was 21-24 or sorry, excuse me, 24-24 in the fourth quarter. Uh, during the second half, Texas's quarterback. They got up was, 21 is it, by the way. Oh, yeah, hey, 21 zip in Houston. Uh, But Dana rallied the troops, and in the second half of that game, Ewers, the Texas quarterback, decided to try to take on a linebacker, which was a bad decision. He should have slid. He got absolutely lit up. And that shoulder said, dude, you're done. So the backup comes in. Uh, Texas pulled out the win, but, hell, Houston had the ball fourth and one on the 10-yard line. And, you know, the new thing nowadays, Chris, is that even though it's one yard to go, almost every college football team goes in shotgun, which doesn't yeah. quite always make sense. You need one yard, and you're putting yourself seven yards back. They did a little rollout play. It failed. But Texas got a punch. And for my kind of opening rant to tie it together, and I'll throw it back to you, Oklahoma, dude, they got a couple of punches too. Um, Oklahoma missed a couple of field goals. UCF had a pick six. Melzon. Almost walked into Norman and said, "Hey, dude, uh, Venable, sorry, boys, we're going to take that zero off your uh, score sheet." Uh, when I when I left basketball practice there, UC, uh, UCF was up on OU. That's a score I definitely did not expect to see. To see Oklahoma Sooners trailing, I know that the, a lot of gambling people picked 
UCF as a 20 point dog. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I, yeah, like a plus 17 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't touch it, but I, I heard a lot of that. I didn't, I ended up not touching it, but now and, I get it. <laughs> and, and, and Oklahoma, hey, they, the, the score, well, Oklahoma was down and they were able to get up about, uh, you're able to get up, what was it? Ten, about 10 points or 10 or 11. And UCF punched back. I mean, it was just one of those games where Oklahoma maybe had a little bit of a hangover effect from that Texas winner out of something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they were off a week, too. Yeah, they? off a week. So maybe they partied nope. too much. Maybe didn't take it seriously. And, hey, we're at home. We're an 18-point favorite, something like that. You know, we're riding high. UCF came in there, and they made them work. Uh, again, Oklahoma missed a couple of field goals. Like I said, they had a pick six, a couple of turnovers. And UCF drove down there at the last part of that game, and they scored a touchdown. They needed a two-point conversion to tied up and possibly going to OT, and Oklahoma batted the pass down there at the end. But damn, Chris, the fact that the number eight seed Texas had to hold on, six Oklahoma had to hold on to the Big 12, and number five, you said Washington had to hold on. All three of those teams won by a collective seven, nine, uh, 16 points. And all three of those teams were relatively heavy favorites. So that is one reason, as you said, at the start of the year, this is the best regular season in all of sports because you get weekends like this. There was a lot of upsets, but all three of those games, if you were a fan of either of those teams, man, you got a delightful game on Saturday. Hey, that plus 23 and a half worked out for me in that Houston game. But like I said, hey, when, it was tw- when it was 21 zip, I said, ah, well, that, that thing's gone. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's flip the page. Uh, there's more bets to be had, you know. No, all of a sudden I'm like, look, check the scoring. I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on. We're doing uh-huh. fine. Everything's good, actually. Uh, yeah, that was pretty crazy, man. Um, so let's start with the the creme de la creme game. That was definitely a throwback, grind it, way the F out type game. Penn State, Ohio State. Um, like I said, this was a fun defensive game to watch. But then it got a little defensive uh, how Penn State couldn't pick up first down. And the so we knew, like, you know, the running game coming in for Ohio State was a little shaky. And, you know, it remained shaky, really, uh, given, you know, they I mean, they, they ran the ball 41 times for 79 yards, not even two, uh, not even two yards a run, right? But they just did enough. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr., he could have even had probably two, three more catches if McCord would have gotten the ball to him. But, uh, you know, that that play, the crucial play was him getting held and McCord having to hold on to the ball just a split second more because otherwise that would have been a scoop and score, and that would have put Penn State in the lead. Uh, you know, a couple plays later, boom, Ohio State gets in there, scores a touchdown like it never happened. And it was a good call. Um, but, man, that that when I saw that live, I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Okay. That that's that's they're going to they may win this game now because it's, it's like they needed a spark really bad. But what threw me off, Marshall, we already there was a lot of discussion about how Penn State was, you know, running their offense this year. You got a brand new quarterback. Um, he comes in with a lot of, you know, 
a lot of five stars, a lot of stars, but you still got to do it in the game, obviously. Um, and, you know, they just weren't throwing like past 20 yards. You know, they just, they refused to do it. And I, and I get it to an extent because, you know, you're grinding people down in the whole thing of they don't want to show anything, right? And for a while, people were saying that about Michigan. Hey, they don't want to show anything. But the, the thing is, they already knew what McCarthy could do. You know what I mean? So it's not like they needed to show much. And he actually just had a pretty good game, you know, against their, their rival there. But um, they, I don't know why. It just threw me off to throw 42 times in a tight game. That really threw me off. And it's like when they – a lot of people were saying, well, you know, Ohio State was playing for the run. Both sides were playing to contain the run, but it just seemed like you didn't. I mean, Singleton had nine carries for almost 50 yards. Like, it it just didn't seem like they were even trying to get the run going. And they were going to the pass early and often, like way too early and often, especially if you haven't shown you can do it yet. So I think the combination of, a couple of third and five conservative run calls. Then you get conservative, um, and then you kick a field goal instead. Uh, and I, who knows if they would have picked it up throwing the ball third and five, but you might as well at least try or, or put it in the dirt or something. Just just throw the ball at third and five, not third and one. Um, so, yeah, that, that – you know, McCord is still going to have to, like, tighten up his accuracy – uh, but it sure helps when you have Marvin Harrison Jr. Because a couple of them is just like, just throw it to him, dude. I mean, one time he got held and still caught the ball. Um, like really badly held too. But the, there was, that was a, you could tell both, those are some of the top defenses in the country. Um, it just one has weapons and, uh, yeah, he's got a young quarterback, sure. Uh, but still like, it's like get the ball to Harrison. I, I wonder if Ohio State's going to run into a problem because they're just not running the ball this year like when they go against Michigan. But um, it was kind of like too aggressive passing early for me, Marshall, with, with Penn State. And then they got conservative in certain times too where you're like, well, actually, it's third and five, dude. you got to at least try. Yeah, you know, I, I... – I was just thinking about that. It almost does feel like for the last handful of years, Chris, Penn State has had like a future NFL running back. I know after Saquon left, I, I can't remember the exact name of the guy, and I'm not saying he's Saquon Barkley, but he was another NFL product slash hype running back. So this is maybe the first year they've had in like five or six years where the running back is maybe not like a stud. And if you look at that box score simply just from looking at the running exact – they averaged 1.9 yards a carry, which has always kind of been their MO. Penn State's never really had a huge, like, five-star quarterback that can just sling it. They've had some okay guys, but nothing elite. But when you're known for your ground and pound game and you're averaging 1.9 yards a carry, I guess that, that kind of does correlate in as to why you are throwing it 42 times. Obviously, 42 is a high number, though, as well. So maybe the whole offensive script itself wasn't quite meant to be. Um, <clears throat> with that said, and Ohio State's offense has been nothing stellar either. This is a team that if 
Maryland knows how to kick a damn field goal. They should have been down half to Maryland. They've had many games this year that have been close because their offense has not been the flashy bunch it's been in the last handful of years. Um, but they still got the job done. I think Ohio State has proven this year, Chris, that with the teams they have played, their defense is legit. I think this Ohio State Buckeyes defense must be pretty good because in the few times they've played elite teams, their defense has showed up and it's kind of helped them carry an offense that, you know, for all the hype saying, hey, they have the best receiving core in the country. If you do, why are you not scoring more points on people? And if you do have the best receiving core in the country, maybe your quarterback is just still trying to find his rhythm and groove, I guess you could say. So overall, that's where it is. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose kind of like you can have all the shiny toys you want, but it can't get the guy the ball. I guess really kind of what does it matter in a way? So well, it sure mattered in this game. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, I did take the first half under. Uh, that was an easy bet. I, I should have maybe stopped after that. You said freeze the day. I should have froze my day there because it, no, it, the rest of the day got a little dicey. But, um, yeah, the first I half had the back. plus seven. I had the plus seven in, on Penn State. And when I saw the 12, it was like they're getting, they're for sure going to go for two here because they know they can't hang in overtime. Sure. Um, they're not going to be able to hang in overtime, so they're going to try for the two-point conversion. The pushback I'll say, though, uh, Marshall, uh, Ohio State ran it 41 times and only averaged 1.9 as well. And if you look at they only, the longest run they had was 12, 12 yards. I mean, uh, that Singleton had a 20-yard run. I just think, think they, they, they just abandoned it because Ohio, it's not like Ohio State had this major lead. The whole, the, no. It wasn't a big lead the whole time. I can see if you're, like, having to come back the whole time, but – you know, it, it it was pretty late in the game when it was twenty to six. That was in the fourth quarter when it was twenty to six. With four minutes left, that's when they went up. Um, you know what I mean? So I still think they both of them averaged one point nine. It just one of them tried it forty times. <clears throat> yeah, and obviously this is a game that Penn State, with the way this college football year's gone, you're not out of the Final Four chances. It definitely hurts you. Uh, well, actually, they can't make the Big Ten. Championship, I suppose, but um, this team is no, not going. They can still make it. Yeah, they, yeah they, 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 they're they're still hanging in there. Uh, and for Ohio State, if they ever do figure out their offense and that quarterback does get rid of them, they might be the best team in the country. But again, I, I just feel that for whatever reason, the court hasn't quite filling in the shoes yet of those before him. But in a way, Chris, it's kind of similar to Milroy to Alabama. I, I I do think that Milroy's showing us more progression as he's moved on throughout the season. But McCord is just kind of moving along and. Thankfully, he has Marvin Harrison, who at who received more than half of his passing yards for the game. He threw for 286, Harrison had 162 yards receiving. Good God. Uh, but, hey, Ohio State, again, another close game. You pulled it out. Uh, for all I know, Penn State did not have 10 men on the field, so they, they won a, a fair heads-up game. Uh, but they got the job done. And now – Looking forward for Ohio State's next couple of games. You go to Wisconsin, who's not the Wisconsin Bowl. You go to Rutgers, you got Sparty up. So um, the the next couple of games, maybe the offense get in rhythm because then they got your Gophers at home, which will not be easy, and they finish at Michigan. So we'll see. Um, again, Milroy's made progressions. Maybe this McCord can too because they definitely will need him to step up his game more uh, once the games get serious in the month of December slash potentially January. Uh, well. He has made more progression, but he had a lot more to progress, if that makes sense. Like, he was really putting shit in the dirt, you know, earlier no. this season. 
So whereas McCord, McCord, you know, actually came alive in that second half and, and, and had the, you know, like really started to come alive. He had most of his good stuff in the second half. And then that, remember he had the last drive against Notre Dame. He, he completed a bunch of good ass uh, throws there. So I think McCord's better than him, but you're right as far as progressive. But I think he had, you know, oh boy, was really raw. So I don't know. I, yeah. We'll see. But yeah, McCord is just, his thing is just barely off, like, like just behind him. This, you know what I mean? He's just, hey, he's got to tighten that up, dude. He's got to tighten that up. Because, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's a really good way to put it. Uh, you know, they, they have a chance to win the championship this year. But uh, if they can't tighten that up, you know, here we are. It's almost November. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So what you I, I was I was pretty shook when I saw Tennessee go up 13 and 0. I was like, "Whoa. Okay. Are we going to get some offense here?" And it was still what, 20 to 7 or something like that at half. I I, I didn't see that coming. I thought it'd be a competitive game, but then on the flip side, I, I didn't see, you know, them putting up all those points in the second half. It was all Alabama in the second half. All five scores by the Crimson Tide. <laughs> yeah, and that was a game where the only reason I didn't get, I, I guess, too crazy about it was because it gave me an image of Florida, Chris. And But I will say, they strung you out a little bit more. My my poor Vol sister, she sent some, she sent some text messages when she was not too happy. <laughs> um, but so in the Florida game, if you remember, when Florida played Tennessee, Tennessee's first drive of the game, boom, 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 scored like five plays. They're looking hot. Second drive, pretty good. After that, nosedive down a cliff, like avert, avert the plane, like planes crashing. Um, in this game, though, Tennessee, they had the great first drive, had a good second drive, and they kept it going. And then for whatever reason, whatever was done at halftime, the, the battle of head coaches making adjustments just fell off a cliff again. Um, Alabama scored within uh, – they scored a couple of touchdowns within the first seven minutes of the third quarter, and you really felt the tide start to turn, I guess pun intended. Um, Milroy, as he seems to have done, had a couple of like long 40-50 uh, yard touchdown passes. Um, and after that point, you just kind of tell, again, kind of like Florida, where Tennessee's offense disappeared. So that is weird because they've shown glimpses of Milton being – a great quarterback, the offense is humming, but in the second half of your biggest two tests, whether it be at Bama and at Florida, you disappeared. And obviously with Georgia coming up on the map too, that's a scary sight as well. But, uh, hey, credit to Bama. This is not the regular elite Alabama football team, and obviously we have no reason to give Nick Saban any sympathy, but – this this is maybe they're having some uh, blue collar wins this year, Chris. So they're they're finding ways. Um, after that Texas defeat, they looked a little bit ugly. Beat Ole Miss. Looked a little rough here. Beat Tennessee. Almost gave up against Arkansas. Yeah, but they beat A and M on the road when they were down there too. So besides beating up on Mississippi State, almost all of their games for the last uh, pretty much the whole season have been close. But they're finding ways to win, and that says something about a football team. Uh, they, them and uh, LSU both get a bye. They're going to play each other, what, 12 days from now. So that will be a fun one. I, I know that. Uh, but, hey, if you're Bama, you're still clearly in the Final Four picture. You're not winning impressively, but you're winning, and you're alone at the top of the SEC West for now. 
Yeah, for now. That's going to be interesting. Um, very, very interesting. Um, which side can get their, you know, who can move the ball and who can not, you know, just be a sieve? Uh, because that's LSU and Alabama right now. Very interesting matchup coming down the loop there. Um, let's get into some of these upsets. Utah over USC. Um, Virginia. Huge letdown from the Tar Heels. We were just talking about before we hit record. Did did they did North Carolina think like they beat the 2001 Miami Hurricanes or something like that? Because uh, I mean a 20 plus 24. I mean that they closed. Virginia was a plus 24. Pretty freaking crazy. Just couldn't get it done and really didn't. They had a chance, of course, but, you know, it, even the throw was really high and out of bounds at the last second. It was it was just weird. Um, but they just couldn't – I don't know. I, I did – I got to admit, I really – I didn't think it would be close at all. I, I did not see – of course, nobody saw it coming. It's a plus 24, or barely anybody saw it coming. But I just couldn't believe what I was seeing, dude. I mean – and you know it's like they got up four, like I think it was fourteen to seven after the first quarter, and but then it then it was like all right, no big deal, you know. North Carolina actually got back in the lead, and I thought they were going to put the foot to the pedal, and that's not what happened at all. Big big shocker in North Carolina, and then Utah USC that was a you know sizable upset, especially when we've seen you know how bad Utah's you know, offense right now without their guy. Who we finally got word uh, that Cam Rising's out for the season. Um, but they pulled the upset 34-32. And, you know, USC made that a game all the way, had a pick six late, and, you know, got back in the game, looked like, okay, they are they may win this thing. And uh, credit to Utah for, for going down there in the kicker. We know college kickers, it can be funky, but he got the job done. <laughs> for USC, this is just a lot of frustrating loss. Um, last week, Notre Dame kicked your ass. This week, we lost. Oh, I say we because I've always been a USC fan. Um, I grew up in Alaska. I needed a team to cheer for, and that was the, the hot trendy pick in 2003. Um, I've been a fan since, and I haven't had a lot of good moments since then. But, uh, yeah, you lose Notre Dame. Uh, you, you lost this one. And, again, Utah has kind of had their number. I still believe Whittingham is a top five to ten coach in the whole country, hands down. I'll say that every year. But if you lose to Cam Rising like we did last year, cool. Cam Rising didn't play this game. You had that kid Barnes play who's had games this year where he's looked bad. He, he's not a great quarterback. He's showing that due to a lack of offensive skill set. They've just had a good enough defense to carry him. But Barnes was 14 of 23. 235 yards and three touchdowns. Like, dude, that that's not a bad line. Like, he, he looks kind of like a bum, but not in that game. And Caleb Williams had zero touchdown passes. That probably, I think he had like a, a, a streak of 29 games, Chris, where he threw a touchdown. So, man, you, you saw him get pissed last week after the Notre Dame loss. You saw him look, you know, disheveled after this loss. Like, that's that's just back-to-back bad losses. But I was telling my co-host Chris before the show, if Lincoln Riley ever wants to like legit win a title, you gotta let your boy Alex Grinch go, 
Maybe own up to the black that he's got on you. But we'll, USC will never have a defense. Like, this is a game where that team – It's not Utah like they is, don't have the money to go get one. Uh, uh, I just – Utah's offense should not have scored 34 points, period. Maybe they got to have the defensive coordinator get a house bought for them. Maybe if you buy I, the D's coordinator's house. All I'm going to say is, okay, so all I'm going to say is 17-5 and five Lincoln Riley so far through 22 games, 17-5. and five. Now I'm looking at it. Let me make sure I okay. Clay Helton, seventeen and five. I don't know. I, I'm just looking at it. I don't know. I'm just looking at it, and I'm pretty sure Clay didn't have. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. But you're right. Four, four years in a row, or four wins in a row now. Four straight wins versus um, USC. This this goes back to the AP poll era, which goes to 36, 1936. Four wins is the second longest streak by any Pac-12 team when you're talking about going against USC. So that shows you their dominance, but also like, holy cow. Um, yeah, that that's uh, – I don't know. I don't know. I, I was uh, expecting – like even earlier in the year when it didn't look that good on defense, you, you figured they'd kind of get it going a little bit. And, and the one thing is they were on third downs getting after the passer and stuff like that. and. Yeah, it's it's like you said, they do they need a new coordinator, no doubt about it. That is just I, I don't know, man. That is crazy. And then Virginia. Oh, I that I what it was the <clears throat> the second time since nineteen thirty six where a team who had a record of one or one in five or worse beat a top 10 team on the road. So since 1936, it's only happened twice in college football history where a top 10 team has lost at home to a team who had a one in five record or worse. That's all I got to say. Like in that 24 points, I'm looking at it right now. Largest upside upset by an ACC team since 1998. That is a wild stat that you've read there, man. Jeez, that is just ugly, 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 man. For other I, I, teams, shift, dude. They look. I, I, that's I bad. I don't get it, man. No, I don't get Virginia's it. They're a, looking like the real deal. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing. Uh, for other teams, I do support. Uh, Old Miss beat Auburn. They actually covered the spread. I, I should, I should have sucked my gun and bet that one. Old Miss wins twenty-eight twenty-one against Auburn. Auburn's three and four on the year. They're zero and four in the SEC. They've played actually. They've had a lot of moral victories this year. They're not quite as shitty as their record shows, but they are losing. And Mizzou, I, I'm still not the biggest fan of the guy, but he's I mean, what's this guy got to do? He, I, I just think it's it's just the personality rubs me the wrong way. But I know, I, but when let, you say a fan of him, is he coaching good? I mean, who cares I, about he, a fan? I, of him? I, I think he he must he must be calling the right shots this year. That dink and dunk offense must be dink and dunk a little bit better. Well, part of it is the fact that Mizzou might have the best wide receiver in college football. That Luther Burden is special. That kid is Jesus. He, he's good, good. So, hey, hats off to Mizzou. Went in South Carolina as a two-point favorite and won 34-12. Um, if the defense doesn't fall asleep and kind of ghost walk uh, versus uh, the – Jane Daniels are probably still undefeated. So hats off to Mizzou. Drake Woods, keep doing what you're doing. You got Georgia coming up soon. That they got to s- win that one? Is that what it, 
Is that what it is? If they, if it's they were that one, one, the best start since 2013. Let's talk about Schrader too, because that dude uh, shredded the stuff up. Oh. I mean, this guy's seven and one. It's been tw- ten. Years, it's been a decade, and then you're trying to get him out the door. I I I love I love the players. I'm happy to see the players have success. Uh but hey, he he's he's called the right shots this year. He is so seven and one. Uh if you've not seen Vernon play, or if you do like college fantasy football, put him on the team because that dude is he's electric. He's uh, like I said, definitely a top five wide receiver in college football. He's special. A <laughs> former uh, former Gopher running back, uh, but we couldn't afford him anymore. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Bucky three touchdowns. Oregon outlasted Washington State. That was actually a pretty damn competitive game there for a while, but they got it done. They they grinded it out. They kind of looked. They had those uh, North Dakota State looking unis, that color anyway, uh, going for them. And that one, you know, Oregon's always got different different colors and whatnot. And and like I said, for me, as far as a personal level, you know, it had been I think six or seven straight times since Clemson. Uh, you know, had these winning ways uh, for a long time against Miami. And they put it to a halt in overtime. And Clemson, I mean, you could legit you could legit say they could be undefeated. I mean, how many times can you fumble near the end zone? It's just unbelievable. And I the only way I believe it is well, I've seen it with my own eyes and my Vikings you know, had through five games, had as many fumbles as they had uh, the whole prior season. And, f- you know, four separate things happened at the goal line. So I can definitely attest to that. But the Vikings and Clemson, if you measure them up in college football, one's a lot better than the other. Uh, so that that was, a, I mean, that, that was crazy to see. But Miami with their backup quarterback, who's kind of their next in line guy, uh, did just enough. They ran for over 200 yards, got the job done. And then my Gophers, I called it here on the show. I called it on the, the Viking slash Gopher football show because that wasn't going to change. But, uh, you know, something had to give. So many times Minnesota has been so close to beating Iowa. P.J. Fleck had yet to beat Iowa. And uh, it's the first time that, you know, the Floyd of Rosedale pig goes back to 1935, and uh, it's the first time they won on the road in Iowa it's since 1999. It's the first time Minnesota had the axe in the pig at the very same time since 1993. So um, it, it had been like almost 10 years since we even beat Iowa. Uh, Jerry Kill in, in you know, um, flex. So just a big, big program win. And, yes, I will be taking a pitcher with the pig come springtime. You can guarantee that. The, I, I got to – I man, I hope they beat Wisconsin again because I lost my – I, I accidentally deleted my axe, uh, the axe. But, you know, we've been, doing, we've been doing good with that, so we'll get the axe again at some point. But, man, that was such a – a big program win, and you know a lot of people talking about that punt return. They say it's a messed up call. Hey, I you know I, I didn't know the exact rule either, but when you the the rule of thumb of it is you can't 
do the poison thing. You can't say get away from the ball, get away. You can point if you're just pointing, but you can't. The second people keep thinking it's his left hand that that did the the fair catch thing. It's a, it's actually not that. When you say get away from the ball, you know a lot of people call it poison. There's a bunch of like codes for that. Um, it, when you say get away from the ball, that means it's a dead ball right away. You cannot pick that ball up anymore. In fact, it happened to the Gophers in week two. So that is a legit call. Um, it, that's in this whole stepping out of bounds thing. The referees never said that. The television said that. The referee never thought he stepped out of bounds. They went right to the review and checked it out. And, uh, yeah, it sucks, no doubt about it. Don't get me wrong. But it, if you read the the NCAA rule, you can't do it. You can't say get away from the ball to your teammates and then pick it up. They made it illegal. I forgot that they changed it. They actually changed it a lot longer than I thought. Um, but – when I went, you know, did a little research, it's like, oh, yeah, that actually is the rule. I didn't know that. Um, I would have taken it either way. I can give a shit about that, obviously. But a lot of folks are pissed about that. I get it. I get it. Um, but, hey, another freaking under. Another under in a 30-and-a-half over-under hits for uh, Iowa in an Iowa game. But finally – Finally, my gophers get over the hump, my friend. Any last items before we start to get into week nine? Yes, I just want to summarize. Well, two quick things. One, speaking of Mizzou former coaches, and this guy didn't have a good run there either, but hats off to Barry Odom, who is now the head coach at UNLV, who's been a doormat program since you and I have pretty much been friends. They're 6-1. and one. I don't care who the hell you're playing. They're a D1 school. UNLV is 6-1 and one this year, and that program has been dog trash or dog water since, like, we've known each other. So, hey, that, that tip of the cap to what he's doing there, good for him. I'm happy for him. He kind of had a rough run at Mizzou. But, hey, if you can make a, a really bad program into 6-1 and one and go to a bowl, tip of the cap. And lastly, the crazy life of the Big 12 continues as Baylor beat Cincinnati on the road. Oklahoma State whooped up on West Virginia in West Virginia. BYU killed Texas Tech, which surely make a whole lot of sense. And K-State whooped up on TCU 41-3. Aside from Oklahoma and Texas, the other teams in that conference are literally just taking turns throwing knockout punches to each other like for the whole year. It is so weird to see, but I'm sure next week will be crazy as well, and I'll have an update for you again at that point as well. And screw the damn Rainbow Warriors. They were supposed to go and dance, and they uh, they forgot they forgot to dance. So uh, yeah, that was the, a good old fashioned ass whooping right there. I'll tell you that. But, but the boys you need it. Sometimes yep. you need to get your ass kicked a little. Bit. We're 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 five we and three. Did. The boys are still. We're hey, we're five and three. We're still profiting. But uh, we'll, hold on, I, we're five and three. I think we're four, four and four, my friend. Oh yeah, four. No, four and four. Yeah, four. We were four Don't three. Yeah, four and four. Yes. Don't mislead the people. Okay? We're four and four on the crafty <laughs> crap pick of the week. We'll be back above five hundred. We'll be five and four after this next week. Yeah, a, a, a rough one, a rough one. But hey, we're still hey, we're still breaking even. Okay? I didn't we're, even know these fine. teams were possible to kick one another's ass like that. I mean, I, no you know? shit. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> true. I think that was. I mean, 
I guess, you know, more power to them. That New Mexico, I can't, New Mexico, New Mexico State, I can't, I can't anything with New Mexico, it's something, no, actually, Jerry Kill did come, come through, actually, this year for me, now that I think about it. Um, but he went against me, too. So, hey, you know, I owe it to him. In fact, the last time the Gophers won was when we had Jerry Kill, last time they beat Iowa. Okay, so we got week nine on paper. Nothing, nothing crazy, crazy, right? But like my co-host just said, we all know that this is the best regular season of all team sports. Stop. Don't even try to argue it. It's impossible. You could talk about the rankings. You could talk about the postseason. You could talk about finals and waiting three weeks. Talk about anything you want about the sport, right? There's been plenty of issues. You could talk about, you know, Michigan stealing signs. Here, here's the deal. If Harbaugh wouldn't have cheated, right? My Gophers would have only lost by five touchdowns instead of six, dude. And that pisses me off, dude, because that means something to me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, I, I think they got an extra touchdown. Am I am I weird? I think they got an extra touchdown from cheating on me, dude. They, they're cheating. They're stealing signs, Marshall. Uh, we got a the, – well, the, the we got a couple ranked versus ranked. Don't get me wrong. Are but, banging trash cans on running plays? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> that's, that. that. um, that's hilarious. Uh, number in here. They they're are. playing right now they're too, so I had to throw yeah, that exactly. in there. They're still freaking getting to the freaking, you know, the, <laughs> you're getting deep in the playoffs every single solitary year. Um, number eight, Oregon. Number 13, Utah. At home, Utah. Little different ball game there, um, and maybe that's why Oregon was looking ahead. I don't know. They are a seven point favorite. We got Louisville, Duke. Um, that's the that's the other two. So we don't have a lot of ranked versus ranked. And you know, is which QB is going to play this week? Because I couldn't believe that Riley uh, Leonard was playing last week. I couldn't believe it. And then he got in there. Messed up his ankle a little bit more, supposedly, and then they got him out. It was a really strange thing. They're only a four-point dog, or four-point, uh, yeah, Duke's a four-point dog on the road. Tennessee at Kentucky, Oregon State, Zona. We got some matchups here, but let's start with Oregon and Utah. Like I said, on the road, you know, Utah does play great at home. There's no doubt about that, but – um the combination of pass and run that Oregon brings, very, very solid defense. I mean, they'd probably have to, like, turn the ball over a couple times, right? I mean, they'd really have to mess this thing up to, to, to lose. You'd assume on paper, anyway. But maybe they found something here with this with this uh, this quarterback. <laughs> I'll be betting Oregon quack, quack, quack. Um, I think that they still have a chance for the Final Four spot. This is a game they – well, they have to run the table, more likely, especially because they're packed well, but they're still in the Final Four. You're, they'd, you're have one loss. The, they'd have to run the table. Yeah. But you're, but you're in it as of now. Your one loss is not a bad loss at all. You you lost on a nail-biter to Washington in UW Stadium. Um, and I I really did think they were the more physical team. I do think that Washington kind of pulled that one out late, but credit to Penix. He made a couple of passes when it mattered, but I think they were just as good of a team. I think that they're a little more physical than normal. 
And I think it's simply Yeah, and you know, that's all those things where, you know, like coaches are gonna get ripped, they're gonna get loved. Like that 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 Staley guy for the charges really I think kinda opened up the door for coaches <laughs> to do whatever they want and just quote sabermetrics. I mean that that Staley guy, he's an interesting cat. But I um <laughs> that oh, one yeah, he yeah. did against the Vikes, man, he got saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, well, hell, he won't take a knee and he cost him his playoff berth. He's he's an interesting dude, but he did open that box that, hey, it's cool for coaches to go for it because all you have to do if you screw up and say, dude, the numbers told us to do it. Like, I still, that's one of my, I, yeah, I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. Being, I just listened to numbers, right? It's like, yeah, hey, hey, the numbers told me to do it. Yeah, the Saber Metrics are favorite. tell that to judge, too? Uh, exactly. So, but I do think that whether it's Barnes or Johnson, I do think this is a game where Oregon has a better defense than USC. Is it elite Probably not, but is it good? Yeah, they actually yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they 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 yeah. repped it. They did pretty well. They're physical, and that's something Utah's always kind of had on teams. But if you remember, Utah kind of playing a physical Baylor team. Man, they had to pull teeth for points in that game. I see it being the same kind of way. But the issue for them is unlike Baylor's offense, Oregon's going to score. I, I know that Utah at home is a special beast. I know that I consider their coach to be a top five coach in college football, but I don't see, Chris, I don't see Oregon getting held to like 13 points in this game. I know Utah at home cooking special, but this Oregon offense has scored all year. They scored against Washington. Um, I do think that Oregon covers the spread. So I would definitely take them with the six and a half or with the seven and definitely bet that because I think that is a ticket. I will, I'll be betting myself. I do think they win. And I just think this is one of those games where if Cam Rising was playing, we'd be looking at a, much different situation, my friend. Yeah, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. It'd be interesting to see. So, I, I wonder if he's just going to come back. You know what I mean? Because it's it's such a weird year to go out now. True. Yeah. It's like, especially with how heavy the the you know, deep the field is for quarterbacks, you think you should just go back, dude. It's not like they some dudes just going nuts there. You know what I mean? Like they want them to like they're gonna be like, hey, don't come back. You know. Yeah, that'll be interesting, man. That'll be interesting because he definitely, you know, technically he could have went last year, but yeah, man, that that's that's interesting. So the other rank versus rank is Duke number twenty and number eighteen Louisville. Um, you know, Duke's defense is solid. Um, they obviously scheme a bunch of stuff and, and, and you know do a bunch of good stuff on offense, but you know if they if they don't got their guy, um, which you know, like I said, I was very surprised. I remember us talking about the spread, like the spread tells you. A lot of, most people thought he wasn't going to play, and then he played. Uh, and, you know, credit to Duke because they were, they were in that game, deep in that game against the – Until the fourth quarter. Florida. Yeah, until, until the fourth quarter, so with Florida State. And so that tells me they can stay around regardless – um, like I said, I do like their defense. They do give up a fair amount of rushing yards. Um, so I think the combination, you know, Louisville can air it out, but they also average a buck seventy six on the ground. So I think Louisville will kind of get their stuff together. Um, they're coming off. I think they're coming off a bye, too, aren't they? Yeah, they're coming off a bye and uh, off of a loss, too, to Pitt. So my guess is they're going to get their stuff together. And, you know, they'll get this, they'll get the job done. 
Uh, by the way, I am with uh, I'm with the points with Oregon as well. I'm right there with you. Yeah, um, I man, I, this one. If no, was that ankle injury too serious? I mean, he like, didn't come I, back in the game. Okay, okay, okay. so yeah, I, if he I'm, plays, that that changes my mind. But <laughs> I'm going like he's not playing. Oh, okay, okay. I understood, brother. Okay, so and he wanted to get back in the game. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing the shot of him saying, "Hey, man, get me back in the game." Yeah, and the, and the coach kind of gave the wave to no. Okay, all right. All right. So, um, first of all, hats off to my boy Jeff Brom. I wish he was at Mizzou because I've always loved Brom. Uh, he went to Louisville. You know, he was a Purdue guy for a long time. Kind of hopped across the state border, and he, he's done a good job at Louisville. He had a, that plumber was his quarterback at Purdue for a, a season two years ago, and hey. I really don't think people expected Louisville to be six and one, Chris. This was a program who had had kind of. It seemed like every year they're kind of like the six seven one team, but the fact that Brom has them ranked, their defense is really nothing to write off about. Uh, but hey, they're they're having a hell of a year, and a lot of people thought they were maybe could run the table for a little bit there, you know, because at least in the regular season, because their schedule is not good. They did have the pit hiccup, which happens to many schools, as you've known throughout the years being an ACC guy. Pitt does weird shit, but um, I'm with you. I think that if okay, if if Riley uh, Leonard can play, I, I think that Duke has a chance. If it is Louisville, obviously Louisville at home. Uh, I think I like what Browns are doing there. I'll take Louisville. So then that four point spread shows you, without respect, it should be a close game. But hell, to kind of go back and forth here, Plummer for. Uh, Louisville, 1,900 passing yards this year. So he's he's fit into that rhythm of what he did at Purdue, and obviously that's kind of like a, a nice step. It, it was a good call for Brom to bring in one of the guys he knew because uh, assistant yeah. quarterback's a hell of a thing to have. <laughs> but what is crazy, Chris, is the fact that right above this game on ESPN stats is that he actually has more passing yards than uh, Sam Hartman. That's kind of a, a theme you've talked about throughout the years, kind of yeah, combined Notre Dame and Louisville here. Yeah, who would have thought that, that a Louisville quarterback will have more yards than a what should have been a potential Heisman candidate here in Notre Dame? So, interesting. I do think that, well, to wrap this up, Louisville loves passing the ball, and Duke's secondary has been highly respectable this year. So, since we're not quite sure about what Duke's offense may look like this game, you do know you'll get a fun battle of Louisville's wide receivers against Duke's secondary. Duke's secondary has kind of helped carry that team the whole year with a, 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 a steady quarterback. So I think that if Plummer's going to sling the ball around, I, I think they'll be able to pull it off. I, I guess I'm with you. If the spread's telling us that, I think that's the spread saying, dude, Riley Leonard's probably not playing because even though Louisville is ranked, I don't know if they'd be getting four points at home against a Duke team who's really held their own in pretty much all their big games this whole year, Chris. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm not sure if that would be closer. Well, obviously, if they knew he's playing, it'd be closer. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm st- I guess I'm kind of stuck on it. It sure seemed like the 14 points or whatever last week was that he wasn't going to play. So, I don't know. It's like I'm almost – it's definitely something that you should hold off on, obviously, if you're going to bet it. Um, because that that does change things. Because it's not like it's seven or seven and a half or eight or you know what I mean. So I don't know, man. That's it's that's kind of interesting. Um, Tennessee 
you know, um, had a good showing for a half. They're on the road at Kentucky. You know, on the surface, Marshall, this is one where I'm like, hmm, it's down to three and a half. I think it opened at four and a half. Looking at Kentucky like, man, they can pull this off. But I just, like, you could, we could talk about Milton and some of his shortcomings. But Leary, I, I just don't like their quarterback at all. You know, so I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, they had that really good game against Florida and then, and Leary has a lot of playing experience, you know what I mean? He definitely does. Um, and maybe just sometimes when you transfer, it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't fit. Sometimes it fits really well, like you were just talking about. I, I don't know, man. I just There's just something about And then Kentucky, they're pretty good at stopping the run, uh, still under 100. But, man, they're giving up 250 through the air. Uh, the combination of both, you know, the run and pass being over 200 for Tennessee – I like Tennessee here, but just barely. You know, I, I parts of me want to pick Kentucky, but I, like I said, that Leary, I'm Leary of Leary. Let's put it that way. Well, my thing is, is that can you trust Tennessee to win a road game against a good team? You played a good half of her a first quarter against Florida, and they got the doors knocked off, and then. You look good in Tuscaloosa and then went sleepwalking. And you got to wonder what the mental mindset is. I mean, this was a Tennessee team last year who was hoping for, you know, to be in an elite bowl game. And then they lost their quarterback. And, you know, Milton has shown glimpses of being good. But uh, I just don't know. Can they win on the road against an elite? Not, it's not elite. Against yeah, like, a whoa, 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 against. Whoa. Like an above average team, like sure. out of all the out of all like one hundred thirty five yeah. teams, yeah, Kentucky's probably like in the forties or fifties, something like that. So yeah, can they win a solid road game? I don't know. So with that said, Tennessee's a four point favorite. I'd have to take Kentucky just off principle. Um, I'm not saying I'm taking that to the bank because of what my co-host said about the quarterback, but I definitely would have to take Tennessee. Uh, Kentucky, and let's see if Tennessee can prove to win a road game on the road because. It hasn't been pretty uh, so far. Here's a really interesting one. We've kind of documented Arizona. You know, I definitely uh, have a little uh, experience watching this guy's system and whatnot, the head coach, because he was at Miami, you know, Miami for a while, went in the pros for a while. Definitely looks like he's got the cats going, Zona going the right way. They're only three, you know, minus three and a half or plus three and a half at home. Oregon State going on the road, um, you know, in their last outing, man. I mean, they freaking handled. They had a bye week. They handled um, UCLA. Yeah, the score looks nice, but they got up on them early, um, and you know, they had that one. Man, it's all the way about a month ago, in September. Um, late September, September 23rd, looking at it right now, when they lost that 38-35 to Washington State. And I'm just looking at this game like, hmm, you know, I, I wonder if they could somehow, and, and speaking of Washington State, then Arizona turns around and just whacks. This is a, they're, they're on a bye as well. 44-6, That I was shocked at that one. They, they took USC to the wire, as did Washington. 
it doesn't surprise me that Vegas is like, hmm, you know, they could they could stop the defense, uh, or, or the, they could they could stop the deep, they could stop the run, um, which is key when you're going against this team. You're, you know, DJU's definitely going to have to air it out a little bit more um, than they normally would. I don't know. I, this is one where I'm like, I would put Oregon State on upset alert. Um, I, you know, I may like, I'd probably go with the Beavers, but maybe I would buy it down to three or something like that. Maybe like two and a half or I, something, just to feel good. I've not seen Arizona play this year, uh, but every game I hear about them, it's almost like they're all, they're they're scrappy. It's it's a team that's like trying to rebuild because they kind of had a couple of rough years there too after Kevin Sumlin left. But it feels like they're trending upwards. Um, they've been in a lot of scrappy games this year. I, I think they're going the right direction. They had a, a a really tough start to the year for the injury bug too, like massive injuries like that. I think they're on like their fourth string quarterback one game. So it's been a, a tough go, but they're they're like I said, they're rebounding back. Uh, the only thing I'll say about Oregon State is I know it's when they play the UCLA game. They're, they have a nice ranking. They have it. They're held. They're ranked 11th, but man, their defense misses a shitload of tackles. Like I, I bet the under in that game against UCLA and UCLA is not have like an elite offense, but the amount of missed tackles they have. And I only say this because I'm not to be like a, a an analytical sabermetrics guy. But I just noticed it. Like on, on multiple plays, Chris, there's multiple broken tackles throughout the whole first half. So if you miss a lot of tackles, it's really that good in football. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, so I, I will take the Arizona Wildcats just because they've been playing a little bit better and I got picking upset every once in a while. I think they snocked this one off. And I just think that, that, that defense will show up and have some missed tackles again. And the Wildcats are able to pull off a, a three-and-a-half-point home dog upset. There you go. I like it. I like it. I definitely like it. Interesting. Um, I'm going to go the other way. But, yeah, I, I, I think they're going to have to air it out. And, and I don't know. I, I, I like that game. That could be one of those Pac-12 you know, pack or Pac-2, whatever you want to call it. Hey, it's on the ESPN. It's on, on the Pac-12 channel. Thank God. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. After dark, you know, and a lot of times when that stuff, when when the East Coast, uh, you know, old folks go to sleep, a lot of things can happen, even if it doesn't really matter majorly or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that could be good. Um, couple, I mean, there, there's some other games that, you know, are competitive, no doubt about it. Couple things that I'm looking at here as far as against the spread plus numbers um so Boise State is a five point favorite over Wyoming so a plus five for Wyoming I'm looking at that going hmm I wonder and right now what can you trust Clemson to do like you know I it's it's I mean they I don't know. It's just it, even that game before they won what seventeen to twelve or something like that. Yep. Yeah. And they fumbled some more. Like they just they're just not like you can see the potential, but it seems like as the season goes on, it 
the potential is going away and away because the, at least those other games you can say, hey, dude, if they if it's one less or two less things, they'll win the game. You know, that Duke game was, I mean, two inside the five and four inside the red zone. Like, at least you'd have a case of like, man, if, if you take two away, they'd probably beat Duke there, you know, and whatever. But it doesn't matter. At, at some point, you're just like, when something goes wrong, you're like, here we go again. And it just, it just, I don't know what's up with them. So I'm like, are we sure that they can beat NC State on the road by 10 points? I don't know. I'm just asking questions here. I'm just asking questions. Um, another one is to do, to do, to do uh, 14 and a half plus 14 and a half of Florida um, with Georgia. But this is Georgia without their number one weapon on offense. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So I'm wondering, um, and we've seen Georgia at the beginning of the season, even with their number one op, you know, option, still taking a little while to get the uh, engine warmed up. You know what I mean? So 14 and a half, plus 14 and a half Florida, who's an okay team. They're not great. They're not, you know, right there on the cusp, but they're not shitty. Um, I don't know. I'm looking at that plus 14 and a half going, I might take that for Florida. I think Georgia will end up winning, but that one, that one's got my eye thinking, I wonder if they can freaking sneak under that, man. I, I think I'm going to go with that. I haven't, haven't put that bet down just yet, but that's one I'm, I'm really kind of scratching my head saying, huh. I wonder if they, you know, it makes me feel like they could they could get under that plus 14 and a half, my friend. All right, so to catch up to you, uh, I do like uh, Boise. Um, Boise, or I do like Wyoming first half. Uh, Wyoming's been a great first half team. I do. I will definitely take them with a field goal first half. So I like uh, Wyoming first half against Boise. I will also gladly take um, NC State. Versus Clemson because NC State is at home, and you're right, and they're having an okay year. But what is Clemson showing to be a ten point road favorite at all to anybody? I'm I do not know if that <laughs> exists at all. And they uh, have a way of gr- like having close games at home. Yeah, NC State. They, you know, just weirdly. Yes, they 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 do they do, and again. This Clemson offense makes so many mistakes throughout the week that you know, it's like you, you're, they're going to keep you involved. They, they are. They're going to find a way to be nice to you. It's like so, it's in their head now. And once it's in your head, it's a wrap, dude. You're right. And what was the other game you mentioned, Brother? I apologize. Uh, Wyoming, NC State, Florida, uh, Georgia. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, maybe first half there, too. Because Georgia's been down at half to South Carolina and down at half to uh, Auburn. Uh, so I, I love a Florida first half game when Brock Bowers is out. Uh, I'm sure you could probably get uh, plus eight there. I saw, hell, I love Florida first half plus eight or whatever. That's a good call. I love Wyoming first half plus three, and I will take Clemson. Uh, I will take NC State first half plus six. Okay, I'm gonna have a lot of first half bets. We'll see how you I got a lot goes. of pluses on yeah. the board. Yeah, you know, once in a while I get up to like four plus or five plus bets. And be like, okay, I need some favorites. Holy shit, what's going on? <laughs> I need some favorites here. Let me go get true, a favorite. True, you know, it just yeah. like it just kicks in. The instinct kicks in and be like, yeah, you gotta take some favorites here, though. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I got all these plus numbers. Um, 
Are we sure Miami can beat Virginia by 18, 18 points? It's 18 and a half. I'm just saying. I love me some Miami Hurricane football. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. They're coming off hot. Maybe they'll get their ass kicked. Could be. I don't know. Any others, ones that, uh, you know, before we get to this crafty, crappy pick of the week, because we are entering an hour and four minutes, my friend. Uh, I will, well, I will just quickly go over the, the, the chaotic division of college football, and that is OU goes to Kansas as a nine-point favorite. Uh, I'd like the over that one, the over 66. Uh, Houston goes to K- – wow. Okay. K-State's a 17-point favorite against Houston? Huh. That, as you always say, huh. Well, that, that, that Interesting. Seems, that seems too high. West Virginia, who is hot and cold as hell, goes to UCF. Currently cold. <laughs> yeah. UCF just had a letdown against Oklahoma. UCF's a seven-point favorite. That makes no sense. BYU, who whooped up Texas Tech, goes to Texas as a 17-point underdog, which is a bit high. Iowa State goes to Baylor. If they State had a run game, I would go. I would jump on that BYU. But they they were average like sixteen yards a game or something on the run, dude. Uh, Iowa goes to Baylor. Iowa State goes to Baylor as a one and a half point favorite. Oh, that if you bet that game, you just start drinking and pray. And Cincinnati, <laughs> it, Cincinnati goes to Oak State. Oak State's been hot lately, dude. But, I gotta but, give it up to them. Oak State, man, they turned their season around, man. But then why are they only a seven-point favorite against since he was 0-4 in conference? Again, the Big 12 is absolutely just nuts. None of that makes sense at all. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. So, I didn't notice that for some reason. Yeah, no, that's a good call. I feel I feel Oak State should be a higher uh, favorite for the way the teams are playing. Next week, we're going to be like, then I I also had the plus number for this, and then I fucking <laughs> I had a plus number for that. 18 plus numbers we got this week. <laughs> hey, if they all hit, we'll be happy. All right. All right, let's get to it, my friend. Amen. So, this is a first, Chris. I believe this is a first of all time. Uh, we're doing the Crafty Craft Pick of the Week on a Wednesday. Wednesday night, ESPN Wednesday night football. Wednesday night, ESPN two. This is by far the worst game of the oh, week. Oh Jesus! This uh, is going to be a tough decision too. The oh, the El Paso Miners and their little uh, uh, mining sticks are going. And dude, Sam Houston, I've bet them like three times this year. That team can just not find a win to save their ass. Uh, the Sam Houston uh, undefeated the other way. Yes, the Sam Houston Bearcats are zero seven. Is that 4. what they are? The Bearcats? Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're 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 a gritty bunch. They they do play hard a lot. They've had some heartbreakers. They've had a oh, heartbreaker yeah. last. Day. So, Chris, Sam Houston Bearcats are a three and a half point home favorite against the UTEP Miners. Take you know, it away. What- Brother, because this is a good one. This is a good one because here I'm, I'm staring at this freaking zero and seven, thinking, am I really gonna pick off the Schneid? I got to get off the Schneid this week. Is that what I got to do here, man? But when you look at it, what's crazy about this is, and I'm kind of pissed that uh, um, ESPN took away the points thing because it was always fun to see how bad the defense points was were. But you can kind of tell. 
But, <laughs> okay, so you only average 74 uh, on the ground, uh, and that's horrible for rushing yards. That's really bad. But then you'd think, okay, that means they're averaging 300 yards. You know, no, 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 they're averaging only 209, basically. So they're only averaging like nine yards passing more than UTEP, but they, they freaking run the ball. It's, it's crazy. It's backwards. I mean, they got like 80 yards on them per game. Uh, but, however, so that's like, you look at the 160, 168.8 given up just UTEP, you can just run on them. But I'm looking at the 74 number like, well, they can't run. So they're not going to run on them. You know what I mean? So this one is just, it's evenly matched on defense, though. 383 to 389 as far as total yards allowed. Um, you know, <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to have to do this, aren't I? Um, they, well, they, they, so they have two wins. FIU, got you got to be feeling bad, FIU, right about now. Um, they both played a competitive schedule. I'll put it that way. Uh, but you're right. Sam Houston has just been right there. I mean, Air Force is a pretty good team, 13-3. to Liberty, good team. You know, yeah, you're right. They really have. Yeah. Speaking of FIU, um, you know, they lost double overtime to them um, last Wednesday, in fact. That's right. I forgot about that. You know, something's got to give. They're not going to go. The thing is, if you think you're going to walk into Elliott T. Bauer Stadium and just get a dub, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen, okay? I'm getting off the schneid this week right with Sam Houston. Sam Houston Bearcats. Bearcats with a K, okay? The, the cats part is with a K. I don't know why. Is there something to that? Is that a different type of Bearcats? I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is my Sam Houston Bearcat. The Sam Houston's going to get the dub. They've been knocking on the door against good teams. It's time to kick the door in, Marshall. Yes, sir. And with that said, I'm going to flip the script for the alumni battle. Uh, the Sam Houston alumni battle is pretty. It's pretty uh, grim. It's it's not good at all. Uh, the top ten people Google list I don't recognize. I like to say I'm somewhat of a well cultured person. And the reason I give my tip of the cap to UTEP is because if you ever watched the movie Glory, uh, it was about the first uh, D1 college basketball coach to have a starting five all black players. And it's actually a pretty badass movie based on a true story. And that that's really all I got to say. So I I love that movie. It's a great basketball movie called Glory Road. Uh, that automatically wins the alumni battle for me, being the basketball coach I am. And they <laughs> actually have Antonio Davis, uh, who was an NBA player, and Aaron Jones, who's a Packer running back. So they win. So I'll be taking UTEP in the alumni battle, but I'll be supporting my co-host and those Bearcats. I'm going to bet them too. I think they get the job done. They get off the schneid. And that wraps up our show. I promise you the Big 12 will be absolutely bonkers. And if you bet a team and you lose the bet, you can't complain because the conference has been batshit crazy all year. So enjoy some baseball night. Enjoy some football night. We're going to listen to the podcast. We always appreciate your support. The boys are out. Have a good one. Peace.